the Flex and Froome's daily podcast. Brought to you by Cater. Welcome to the Flex and Froome's podcast. We are going to be talking about TikTok. Don't go anywhere. We're not Where talking. Where would they go, babe? It's a podcast. Yeah, they might click <laughs> out. They and press click to continue. They're clicking out to go listen to the Drake album. Like you do. Can't relate. <laughs> um, Drake is the kind of guy to listen to this podcast. For sure. Anyway, we're going to be talking about TikTok and this chick that lost her job because she was doing all these talks about the job. And we thought, was that fair enough? Are we taking a little bit too much time connecting that the real world does have a specific effect on the online world and vice versa? Yeah, I'd say that's it. Mm. Looking at the consequences because it goes without saying, I think that Sis should be entitled to talk about her job whichever way she wants to, especially because she's probably doing more good than harm by speaking candidly about, you know, what it was like to get the job and the raise that she got. But I also think there was a bit of naivety around how she did it and the fact that she expected there would be no consequences. Yeah, trust no one when it comes to the corporation vibes. Whoa, okay, nice. (laughs) Flex Flex. and Frooms. Boy, do I have an opportunity for you. Do you like having your bills paid? Yes. Do you like getting free things? Yes. Do you like the idea of not spending your own money? Uh Uh-huh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Listen to this. There is a subset of the kink community that has encouraged, not even encouraged, it has uncovered a group of people who love the idea of being financially dominated. It means they get off on this idea that somebody has full control of how and when they spend their money. The more brutal, the more frivolous, the more nonsensical, the better, the more demeaning, the better. And so what happens is you get these pay pigs, these men who get off on giving these women money. Could be chunks of money just for being annoying and existing, you know, like an apology for existing. Here's $500,000. I'm so sorry that I exist. It could be a little casual, like here's rent because you have to live on the same planet as me. (laughs) <laughs> a bush pig. <laughs> but whatever it is, I was like, how much money is there in this really? Because a couple of weeks ago now, maybe even months ago, there was this trend on TikTok. A bunch of influencers started promoting this feet pics app. They were encouraging other influencers and other creators, sign up to this app. You can publish your feet pics and you can make heaps of passive income. Not really taking into consideration that the people who were promoting it were paid to promote it. Like, pyramid. Yeah, pyramid scheme vibes. There was no real market. It was just some fake interest. Like, yes, there's market to buy feet pics, but not from this particular website. I was thinking, okay, how much money can be made on average? Found this article. Well, first I found this subreddit to see if I could see like what, what some going rates were. And like some guy was talking about how in the last year or two, he had spent 150,000 pounds. And by spent, I mean, gifted this to his financial dominatrix. Some guys were like, you know, I have an allowance. I like to like limit myself to $500 a week, which is rent. Um, (laughs) So it's incredible. If you were going to manage it like a full-time job, you could make big, big bucks. As for me, I can't be bothered. Mm. but I want that for somebody really badly. When you're a dominatrix and you're doing that, are you having like, you're like having sexual experiences with these men? Not always. Mm. 
a lot of FinDom, that is the abbreviation, learned that in the community, is virtual and transactional. So like providing a virtual service, maybe a phone call or a text. Hey, so my daddy should get on this and we'll give him some money. Like he should be a financial dom. He should be, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> little note here and there. A little something. Look at you giving him advice. First you, to, you wanted to script out <laughs> his dialogue for him. Now you're looking for other financial income streams. Leave him alone. I'm a little vanilla bull girl. Literally. I'm going to play with the Messina playpen. Anyway, thank me later when you become a millionaire for that one. That one was for free. Next bit of advice, I'm taking a 10% cut of any profits. Findom in the building. Now how it is. <laughs> this is Flex and Frooms on Cater. Flexi, it's time to jump into Am I the Asshole? I actually have one from someone who sent it to me via an email at 3.50 a.m. Ooh, vintage. Last night. Ooh. Her name's Sarah. Crisis mode. <laughs> Literally. Witching hour. <laughs> Advice, please. With three exclamation marks, all capitals. Desperate or assertive? Desperate. Hey, Frumi and Flex in brackets, my favourite internet baddies. I need your advice. Yay. Okay, so to set the scene. Fuck, we love this. Oh, okay. So to set the scene, my boyfriend and I recently moved to a new city where we don't have many friends. I connected with a girl through mutual friends and she's become one of my people in this new city. I really like her and we have similar interests when it comes to hobbies and activities, making it easy to hang out. We eventually decided to organise a catch-up with both of our partners. That's big. That's cute. My boyfriend and I were having a good time getting to know this new couple. However, after a few drinks, we quickly realised that my new friend's partner is very conservative Mm. and has views and values that directly compete with our own doll. These are things that my boyfriend simply cannot see past. They are deal breakers and he refuses to spend time with this guy again. I totally understand and respect his decision. The views and values of this guy absolutely do not align with our own and are pretty offensive, especially given certain events happening in the world right now. Hmm. I am still waiting to hang out with my new friend because we have fun and I haven't seen this conservative side to her. And I definitely wonder why or how she's with someone like this. Anyway, they keep trying to organise opportunities for us to hang out as couples. My boyfriend refuses and I've made up multiple excuses as to why he's unavailable. Yikes. I'm a people pleaser working oh, on Oh, okay. Well. I was going to say <laughs> You said it. <laughs> <laughs> and have an intense fear of upsetting or offending people or making them uncomfortable. So I'm too scared to tell her the real reason out of fear that it will negatively impact our friendship. What do I do? Do I approach this situation with full transparency and honesty or do I simply keep avoiding the request for a couple's catch up? Thank you in advance. Also, I'm scared I've provided too much detail. So if they see your response, you'll know. <laughs> They'll know it's me, but YOLO. Oh, <laughs> we love that. She's desperate. living in fear. <laughs> what do you reckon? Because when we get uh, listener letters, which I really, really love, I'm not a people pleaser. I'm actually quite assertive. So when I hear these things and I'm like, what sounds more difficult than telling the truth is making up six weeks worth of lies and then asking us to come in at the end. To decide what you should do. Because it sounds really simple to me. You just don't connect on fundamental things. But she connects with the girl, but the girl keeps asking to hang that's out. That's what I'm saying. So that's even more simple. It's like we can still hang out. Our boyfriends can't. That just sounds almost too e- too simple to me. I think this question goes deeper than do you want to hang out with the boyfriend or not? I feel like this is an affliction maybe more of our generation. Tell me if you don't agree where we find it really hard to tolerate people who have different opinions to us. Mm-hmm. So we go out for dinner, someone says something really offensive, 
we're used to getting so offended online that it's like we don't know how to argue or how to like engage in good faith debate. I'm not saying they should be debating because they've just met, but you hang out with family members who you don't like their opinion on. But I guess, yeah, if it's your free time. (laughs) If it's free time. (laughs) (laughs) It's not the hours you have to do as part of being a family member. (laughs) I get it because I do think there needs to be, you know, we've gone from your only options here or the way this person is written in is like, and my only option is to befriend this guy, condone everything he believes in or not interact with him at all. I feel like there's a way to, there's a healthy middle ground that we're just avoiding here. And if what you believe is so strong that you feel like you can't maintain a friendship with this person, then your belief should also be strong enough that you can justify why. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Like if it bothers you that much, I think you should grow the conviction to share that belief because it's strong enough for you to be like we can't hang babe but it matters to you i reckon you can do some sort of white lie i prefer brutal honesty in dating rather than in (laughs) friendships just gonna make that real clear so i'm not contradicting (laughs) myself completely i would be like my boyfriend has his own friends like he's not really looking for other friends like we really had fun or hanging out but i reckon he just like he's like not that social i'm thinking about the opportunity cost here The time and energy this person is spending creating solutions around the problem that is a symptom of a greater problem. Like the greater issue is that you found yourself in a position where you don't think you can can maintain a friendship with your friend because of her partner's beliefs. Now your micro problems are you've already lied about why you can't hang out. You think it's pretty awkward because you don't know how to tell the truth. These micro problems are going to cause greater issues than if you just address the actual concern. I think you can be honest without being brutal and just saying, hey, look, like, I'm really down to still get to know you. I think I might have made a mistake integrating our boyfriends because honestly, like mine doesn't really get along with yours. It's no shade, but I just think it'd be easier if we just hung out together again. As opposed to being like, my boyfriend really likes you and like he really wants to, but he's busy because then you're always having to chase this lie. And as a people pleaser, you're going to keep chasing the lie. That's what they do. (laughs) You're listening to Flex and Frooms. On Listen, we've talked a lot about how uh, we and people are constantly being watched. Uh, we did a podcast recently about how we live in a panopticon state. And what that means is whether or not you realize it, you're being watched, but you don't know by who at all times. And we've seen how that manifests with, you know, people getting filmed without their consent and being shared on TikTok and being made a meme. We've seen that with um, you have had plenty of interactions where, you know, someone has recorded you without your consent. You just pop up online. I have as well. And also a byproduct of that is that we... Sorry, can I interrupt? Did I ever tell you about the time dad was in the chemist buying a rash for his psoriasis buying a rash like sorry like buying a cream for his psoriasis rash yeah someone legit sent a photo to their group chat saying is this papa frooms and then the group chat sent it to me little old steven with his little lollipop legs trying to buy some cream for his like recurring psoriasis the layers his little, his little guts hanging out. Leave him alone. <laughs> Leave him alone. Anyway, it's sorry. too much. The layers go deep. But anyway, I talk a lot about how, like, I really do think the internet is real life, but in the way that the internet is so far in the future and sometimes it forgets that the real world hasn't caught up to it. And so recently this girl made a TikTok talking about this job that she got. 
uh, the job that she's currently in and said that her salary had risen from 70K to 90K and that she's in the tech industry. And then she ended up making a lot of concurrent videos about how she spends her day, what her spending habits are like, how she got her new job, how to get a job in tech, just, you know, being quite helpful and almost creating a bit of a guide to, you know, how as a young woman, she's able to, you know, create wealth for herself and wanting to pay it forward by saying, you know, people weren't there to let me know how it's done. And I would have hoped that this resource was there for other people. Now, soon after, she said that someone at her company found her TikTok. She, you know, the, the classic HR being like, hey, we know you're speaking about us on the internet. And so she said that she preemptively started deleting videos because she didn't want anything to be taken in the wrong way. Um, And then soon after she got called back in and was fired. And she is confused as to why. Off the dome, I feel like there's a certain skill it takes to have the brain capacity to be like, the real world is real. The internet is real. They overlap in a lot of ways, but the internet is evolving in, in such a rapid pace that I don't think people... I don't think chronically online people recognize that the ecosystem they've created for themselves online and the norms and the expectations have not yet transferred into real life. We had this discussion briefly when talking about how a lot of people are, uh, for example, OnlyFans, like they're painting this really glamorous picture of OnlyFans, not taking into consideration the consequences of that outside of like the bigoted ones, like the idea that, you know, Yes, you can have an OnlyFans when you're 18. Yes, it's legal. Yes, it's fine. But how many horror stories have we heard of people not recognising the consequences of having the OnlyFans? Mm -hmm. They didn't make any money. Now their families disown them. La-di-da-di-da. Their pictures have got leaked. It's this whole thing. But in this instance, I saw this article, I think pretty sure it was on Insider, about this chick who uh, got this job in tech and managed to negotiate a salary increase from 70K to 90K, which is incredible. And so she was telling this story. And then based on the comments she got, people started asking a lot of questions about like, oh, how'd you do it? You know, Mm -hmm. like I want to figure it out. And then suddenly her channel becomes a work channel, how to get a job in tech, how to negotiate your salary, you know, what her job description is. She got called out about it um, by her job. Just a casual, like, hey, we noticed you're making work TikToks, la la la. She preemptively started deleting a lot of videos just to, like, not rub anyone the wrong way. And then she gets fired. Mm, Pipeline. Tricky, though, because in this instance, people are like, this is so terrible. They cannot do that to you. It's really, really, like, you know, it's frowned upon or whatever. But I'm like, baby, what do you think work is? Like, these illusions of progression are are creative it's these ideas that we've made for ourselves online but like you still need to go to your corporate workspace with mm. like hey there are rules and expectations and I think also what she hadn't considered was at the time she was like there is no way this can be misconstrued yeah. as negative because I'm helping people but then she ended up saying that her employer was like, if we can't trust you to withhold sensitive information, then who's to say you're not sharing confidential client information? Yeah. We work in a very competitive industry. You're a newer employee. We don't trust you. That's why we have a contract in place. So you don't say anything about what it is that you do here. I thought it was very interesting. Yeah, I think that's what you 
run into issues with when you do any kind of like corporate style TikToks. I don't know how people can do corporate style TikToks about like work hacks or like little memes about, oh, I'm not actually working and then go on working because I think you're right. Like the corporate world is not progressive in a way that like corporate memes make it out to be. <laughs> yeah. And I've totally been the person that's like inadvertently sharing information online about my workplace or like I remember when I was working at um, Pedestrian, I used to go do these like travel videos for travel bodies and we went to this rural place in New South Wales and I was doing a story about like this really shitty motel we were staying in. It wasn't mean to the motel but it was more like... Like you were you were technically there for work but you were doing a story on your own personal account about like, haha, this shitty motel. Yeah, yeah. Literally. Yeah. Which is like, surely that's Gags. fine. I get a terse call from the boss. Mm. Same boss that I have many bones to pick with. But, um, yes, I've been the person that's doing the silly thing, has to get the terse call. And you feel like a fucking idiot because mm. you're like, man, like, am I so stupid? Like, should I just – you have, you question everything that you're doing on your personal account when in actuality I think you should be allowed to do what you want. This is the thing, right? I mean, you're, I feel like your circumstances you don't own my a little life. bit different because – you're there for work talking about your personal experience. But in this instance, they were like, you're literally talking about the job that you're doing. This is confidential either way. But I too have been that person. And I think it's a, it's a byproduct of trying to make everybody have a personal brand. Like, you know, when you're applying for these corporate jobs, like you can't just have the credentials. You yourself need to be a brand. You need to be adding more, showing an interest in this field so much more than just showing up to work, We look for people who have a natural inclination to want to talk about tech and marketing and fashion. And then it's like, I think it goes both ways. Like this is the byproduct of hiring people. Like she's working in the tech industry. They're meant to be socially literate. They're meant to be paving the way and creating the new normal. Socially literate or socially illiterate? Socially literate. Like paving the way for what is considered normal in like tech and comms and stuff. It would seem like... If anything, that would be praise. Like, Mm. oh, like you are extending the lifeline of what you're doing by making it personal, by taking it out of work and spreading the message far and wide. But I guess... Spread the message and be the go-getter only if it benefits the company is what I've learned. Yeah, legit. Save up all your secret sauce. i got someone who's talking about their corporate job and they're like, yeah, we're just talking about like what your secret source, like the secret source you have, like there's all this like whole dictionary of like fucked up words that corporate people use. Fireside chat, have you heard that? Yeah, I don't know what that is though. I don't know either, but I hate it. Point being, I feel really bad for this girl, but good news for her is that she did get fired from that job, but then she called up a previous employer and was like, hey, can I come back? And they said, yeah. Yeah, slay. <laughs> Getting fired is always a positive. That's what I've learned in my life. Get fired, more specifically, get redundant, get a big pay packet, yeet out of there and do your own thing because it wasn't meant to be. It's like a bad relationship. I have an experience, but no time like the present. It's always time. This is Flex and Frooms on Cater. You and I sometimes get talking about climate change and you have opinions that I don't quite understand mm. and they sometimes scare me. That's okay. Because I'm afraid of things ending but then I also am aware that I'm not doing anything personally that would stop or prevent um, major climate catastrophes. That's human nature, baby. Yes. But according to futurism.com, I was doing a bit of Googling. I was on a 
futurism.com the other day as well. Really? I'm always just having a look. See, I thought it would be like, like I was trying to figure out if it's legit or not. Because you know how there's like Thrillist yes. or there's Vox or there's... And The Ethicist. Yeah, yeah. And the Economist. Mm-hmm. They're all reputable websites. Futurism is a great night name for a website. But supposedly by 2050, winter will no longer exist in Australia, say researchers. They think a season called New Summer will take its place. So essentially, a team of scientists and designers recently teamed up uh, to create a tool that would show Australians what the climate is expected to look like in their cities in the year 2050. And it led to a startling discovery. I'm reading straight off the page. You said I'm reading straight off the page like you're never not reading straight off the page. (laughs) Froomey's not going to internalise any information. It's going to come straight from the source. (laughs) (laughs) No synthesising required. (laughs) In 30 years' time, winter as we know it will be non-existent, said Jeff Hinchliffe in a press release. We looked at the historical average temperatures of each season and compared them to projected data. And what we find is that everywhere there's going to be no uh, sustained or lasting winter. And it means that temperatures will consistently peak above 40 degrees. Endless summer. Kind of a sleigh. (laughs) Hot girl year. Uh, That sounds plausible, but I also feel like they're not, like we haven't taken into consideration all these weather anomalies that keep happening so like australia is meant to let's say even sydney is meant to feel like a hot place yet we're having a cold rainy winter that's extended that started far earlier than we anticipated probably extend to far longer than we anticipated so what about that i'm over it just be normal again (laughs) just be yourself it's like i miss what we used to be like i can conceptualize that once upon a time we used to have really consistent weather and you would go outside and expect sunshine and clear skies but that hasn't been the go for a while i want more websites at the futurist i need more information not even factual just ideas in particular i'm trying to figure out like why the human body does what it does because I read this article that was like, you know, this idea that depression is a chemical imbalance is what one guy said one time, we're all running with it. I'm like, so it's not that reason? What are the other reasons for the reasons why we ha- our body does stuff? Like, because the idea is like, as time has gone on, human beings have evolved physiologically to adapt to what life is like. And I was like, oh, interesting. And then I was thinking about how we don't know why we dream. And then I was like, I wonder why we feel annoyed. Like, what is the biological reason? If there's a bison chasing me, I'm like, that's so annoying. Why would I do that? Is that protecting me? I Googled it. You will not be happy (laughs) with what I found out. It is not great. Oh, I love it. You've been listening to the Flex and Frooms Daily Podcast. For more, tune into Cater on DAB or stream it on iHeartRadio.